Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Some praise this morning. So good to have uh, the Abernathy's with us this, uh, t- today. I think they'll be with us m- almost till the end of the year, and uh, we're honored to have them with us this morning. And um, they are um, able to do what they do. A part of what they do is because of what you guys do, and we sow into their ministry, uh, put them places that we could never go, um, and uh, they're preaching the gospel. And I'm so thankful for them, and I'm thankful for you today. What a great crowd we got in the middle of a pandemic, amen? Give the Lord some praise this morning. I want to welcome all those online this morning who are watching, and uh, wherever you're watching or you're listening to to this on a podcast, however you're listening or watching, watching, we welcome you today. Uh, Can we give them a big hand this morning as well? I'm so thankful that you're here in person. Uh, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. And I'm not going to keep, keep you very long this morning. But I believe God wants to speak to us today. As you know, we're continuing in our series, Jesus, That's It. And a couple of weeks ago, the Lord really impressed upon me to make sure that when I stand before you, that Jesus is evidently preached, that I'm an artist, you see, painting a picture. And the picture I'm painting should be a picture of Jesus. And when I leave here, and when you leave, you've clearly been presented the gospel of Jesus. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Now let me tell you something real quick. What I'm about to say this morning is going to seem like it's too good to be true. That's what grace is, you see. The grace of Jesus Christ, the gospel, is good news. News that is so good, it almost seems too good to be true. But hear me, it's the truth whether you believe it or not this morning. It's the truth whether you come and see it as the truth or not. It'll be the, it was the truth before you got here. It'll be the truth when you leave this morning. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jesus. Is that okay this morning? Can we talk about Jesus this morning? Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Now this is the strangest thing. One of the strangest stories in the Bible. You ought to read the Bible sometime, by the way. A lot of strange stories in there. This is one of them. They came to Bethsaida. They they brought a blind man to him, that's to Jesus. And he took the blind man by the hand and he brought him out of the village, spitting on his eyes and laying his hands on him. Now, if my spit had miraculous power, all of you on the first three rows would be Healed of every sickness. You'd not, you wouldn't even have a runny nose. But unfortunately, all my spit will do is, is get you wet. But this is Jesus here, you see. 
And some may say, well, why did Jesus spit in his eyes? I have no idea. Why didn't he just, I don't know. You know, you ask Jesus when you get to heaven. I don't know. But he spit in his eyes and he laid his hands on him. And he asked him, do you see anything? Now, this is the importance of it here. He said, do you see anything? He said, well, yeah, I can see some people and and the people look like trees. In other words, he was saying, I can see objects and shadows and big images, but I can't see clearly. Now, and if you were blind, that would be good, right? I mean, you would be thankful, right? If, if, if you couldn't see anything and now you can see a little bit of something. But Jesus wasn't satisfied. See? Jesus laid his hands on him again. And the man looked intently and his sight was restored. He saw everything now. No longer were men looking like big objects and trees, but he saw everything clearly. Oh, hear me now. I would have been satisfied if I was blind just to be able to see images. I'd think now I can get around. Now I can do life. But God doesn't do anything halfway, you see. This image here, this miracle here, is a picture of the gospel. God doesn't just halfway save you. He completely saves you. He doesn't just halfway forgive you. He completely forgives you. He doesn't just halfway give you victory. He completely gives you victory. See, this is not a good story. This is a God story. The gospel is not a good story. It is a God story. Jesus just doesn't want to make you a better person. That's the world. See, the world specializes in behavior modification, changing how you act depending on the environment that you are in. But God is in the business of making you a brand new creation. Do you believe that today? It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's the truth. Old things pass away and all things have become new. It's not a partial healing. It's not a partial salvation. It's not a partial forgiveness. It's a complete finished work. You know, the last thing Jesus said as he was dying on the cross, you know what he said? He said, it is is finished. The most powerful three words that would ever be uttered. Jesus on the cross, hanging there, suspended between heaven and earth, nails driven into his wrist and into his feet, and he pulling himself up so that he could get a gasp of air. He could have said all thing, all kind of things, but he said this statement, which is the gospel. It is finished. And what, what, what's finished? Everything you need. Everything you have, you need in life. Every purpose and everything that the heart, the sin-sick heart is void of, Jesus feels. You know, I watched my brother. I shared this. I've shared it many times. He leads worship. He was leading worship today. 
I remember when he was born and as a toddler, they gave him this toy and it was a yellow box and the yellow box had shapes and it was, you could see inside the box and you could take the shapes and the triangle would fit in the triangle and it'd go into the box. Or you know what I'm talking about? And I can remember watching my brother trying to slam the triangle into the square. And I thought, my God. <laughs> this ain't going to be good. <laughs> trying to make the triangle fit in the square. And it just wouldn't, it didn't matter how hard he tried, it wouldn't work. And you know what? There's a God-shaped void in our hearts and lives. And we're guilty of trying to slam all kinds of things into it. Trying to make relationships fit the void. Make, make, make a job fit the void. Make money fit the void. Make, make this person or that person fit the void. But this void can only be filled by God. It's a God-shaped void, you see. Jesus said, it is finished. Jesus isn't in the business of giving us a halfway anything. He's in the business of saving us, of completing us, making us complete in Him. Colossians chapter 2. And this is where I want to take my text from. Be careful that no one takes you captive. This is verse 8 through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than on Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells in Christ. Hear me now. You've got to get this this morning. We're talking about Jesus here, but then watch what it says. And you have been filled by him. By who? By Jesus. One version says this, you have been made complete by him. What is that saying? It's saying you are complete in Christ. I want to help somebody out right now. Let me talk to my singles and, 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 kinks and, and, and love to mingle. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. Uh, um, <laughs> nobody is going to complete you. So you got it all twisted and messed up, child of God. Sister and brother, you got it mixed up. You think this person is going to complete you. That, what that means is that you're not complete right now. And see, you're, you're setting yourself up for great failure because there is nobody that can complete you. If you are not complete already in Christ, you're going to somebody saying you're broken and you want somebody to fix you and they can't nobody fix you but Jesus Christ. But when you know you are complete in Christ, see, then you can walk around with your shoulders squared back and your head held high and you ain't going around sleeping with everybody. You ain't going around and, 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 and hanging out with everybody and dating everybody. Yeah, I'm going there. Uh, might as well. You already there? You there. So I might as well go there. Right? There's a couple of things we don't want preachers to talk about. Sex. Money. What else? 
Those are two big things right there. And you know what I done found out? Most people have problems with sex and money. Say amen, church. See, the gospel takes care of all this. See, you think, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, this person is going to complete me. They're going to make me whole. They're going to make me, no, let me tell you something. When you know who you are in Christ, you see yourself as a blessing. So you don't tell everybody, yeah. There's people you tell no. Hey, you want to hang out? No. Nope. Not with you. (laughs) Hey, 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 let me get them digits. Nah. I don't even have a phone, Joker. (laughs) Why? Because you realize you're not somebody that needs to be fixed. You're a blessing. You're not, you're not going to fix anybody and you're not, you're not needing fixed because you are complete in Christ. See, when you know who you are, you know your worth. You hear me? You know who you are in Christ Jesus. You are filled with him and you don't need anything. The idea is this, you're filled. That means you don't have room for nothing else. When you get Jesus, you get everything that you need. There's not another this or another that. Let me tell you something. When you receive Christ Jesus, you are complete in him. Perfect is another translation. You say, well, my behavior ain't perfect. No, but the spirit, see, hear me. This ain't about performance and behavior. Your performance and your behavior will never measure up to God. Never. Even if you do, even if you're good and great, you'll never be behaviorally perfect. That's why you need the spirit of Jesus. See, the Bible said there's coming a day where you, will, you won't worship me on this mountain or that mountain. Those who will worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. You see, Jesus is the one who makes you complete and perfect. Catch this. I worship God today. You worship God today. They got up here and they were singing, right? And they were worshiping God. Can I tell you something? If you're not saved, God doesn't hear your worship. And he doesn't hear your praise. Why? Because our worship and our praise is tainted by sin. But there's one way that God can hear our worship and hear our praise. It's that our life has been covered by the blood of Jesus. It's the same reason why he can hear our prayers. God can't hear our prayers until we are covered and clothed by Jesus Christ. Because why? We are behaviorally not, we, are, we, we can't behave perfect. We, our performance is not perfect. But Jesus covers us with his blood. And when we stand before God and we call out God's name or we offer God worship, he doesn't look at our failures and our faults. He can't see them. When God sees me, he sees Jesus. This is a complete, Finished work. And I'm going to talk about it. Give me a few minutes. The first thing I want to tell you this is this. You have been complete. If you're saved, you are completely saved. Let me say that again. If you're saved, if you have placed your faith in Christ, and I'll talk about what you must do to be saved in just a minute. But if you're saved, you're not completely saved. Hear me. I don't care if there's a person in here been saved 50 years, you're no more saved than the person who gives their life to Christ this morning. No more saved. No more saved. The Bible talks about a man working this long and this long, and they all got the same reward. 
There's no different levels of salvation. There's nobody in here more holy than another person. If you are holy, you are as holy as you can get. You can change your clothes. You can do away with makeup. You can uh, go to church every Sunday or every day of your life. And you are no more saved than the other person, than the next person. You hear me? Because salvation doesn't have anything to do with what we do. It has everything to do with, with what he has already done for us. You are completely safe. Watch this. Verse 11. When you were buried with him, excuse me, you were also circumcised in him with a circumcision not done with hands by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. Next verse. When you were buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Now let me stop and explain this. There were some religious people who were trying to put, put, put some other things on the Colossians. In other words, they were saying Jesus was good, but Jesus is not enough. Jesus is good for salvation, but you got to do this thing and this thing and this thing, adding something to Jesus. That's dangerous. That's not the gospel. Paul said if they preach anything other than Jesus Christ, and him crucified. If they preach any other gospel than what I have preached to you, let them be a curse. You want the gospel? You want the plain, simple gospel? The gospel that changes lives? This is it. Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. What must I do to be saved? Jesus and what? Jesus. But then what do I have to do? Jesus and then where do I go? Jesus. You see, we make it about everything else. We make it about going and doing this and doing that. But let me tell you something. The gospel has always been about Jesus. This Bible is all about Jesus from the front, corner, front cover to the back cover. Jesus is the centerpiece. You cannot make too big a deal out of Jesus. Jesus is the one who draws men. Jesus is the one who changes lives. Jesus. It's the power of God. And they were trying to say, you need to be circumcised if you really want to be saved. If you really want to save, you need to, I, we like Jesus. We believe in Jesus. But Jesus is not enough. Let me tell you something. If Jesus is not enough, then Christ died in vain. Jesus Christ died for no reason. But I'm telling you right now, in this crazy world, Jesus is the only thing that makes sense. Y'all living in the same world I'm living in? I thought y'all say amen. amen. In this crazy world that we're living in today, Jesus is the only thing that makes sense. Hallelujah. This morning, I want you to understand there's nothing you need to do other than place your faith in Christ. You are completely saved. Completely saved. That's pathetic. Let's try it again. You're completely saved. Completely saved. Not only are you completely saved, but I want to help somebody today. There are so many Christians out there who are living under condemnation and guilt. Bound by their past when God's already forgiven you. 
bound by the thing that you've done with the person that you've done it with, but God has already forgiven you. Not only are you completely saved, but you are completely forgiven. Verse 13, verse 13, and when you were dead in trespasses, I like that. See, the Bible says you were spiritually dead, dead in trespasses. And I like the word that it used there for sin, trespass, because I can relate to that. You ever trespassed? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> there ain't nobody in here, well, unless it was their property. You ever trespass? Ever went riding somewhere you weren't supposed to go riding? Hunting somewhere you weren't supposed to go hunting? Fishing somewhere you weren't supposed to go fishing? Huh? Yeah. yeah. There you go. I felt good, didn't it, brother? It's all right, brother. We're going to get you right here in just a minute. See, I like trespassing. I can, I can relate to that. Because to me, I think automatically we know went a little too far. Said just a little bit too much. You know what I'm talking about? That's the problem with kind of living on the edge, right? It's easy to say a little too much, to go a little too far. Trespass. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty. You're guilty of committing Spiritual trespass. But watch this. You were dead in your trespasses. And in the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, listen to this, and forgave us. Catch this. Are you reading it with me? I know everybody's phone's ringing in here this morning, but are you listening to me right now? He has made you alive because you were dead, and he has forgiven you of all. Uh, all. All of your sins. All, the one that the devil haunts you at night with. All of your sins are forgiven. You know, it'd be one thing, wouldn't it? If you ask somebody out on a date, you always have the, um, you always have that chance, right? That they're going to say no. Right? Yeah, I feel you, brother. I mean, I never had that happen to me, but I, I've seen others have it happen. There's a chance that they're going to say, no. It takes a lot of courage, right, to go up to somebody and ask them, hey, would you like to go on a date with me? Would you like to hang out? That takes a lot of courage because there's a 50-50 chance they're going to say, no, I'm busy. That's a no, by the way. <laughs> Maybe later. That's also a no, by the way. There's a 50-50 chance. Here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He takes all the chance and erases them. You, there's a 100% chance that Jesus Christ will forgive you if you... See, he'll never put you to shame. He tells us that in his word. I will never put you to shame. You can come to me with the vilest of sin, with the most wicked sins that you can think of, and I will never put 
you to shame. Here's something we don't get, and I want us to get this today. Jesus Christ has already, it tells us right there, forgiven us, listen, listen, of all of our sins. Hear, Hear me. Everybody's sin, everybody's, that has ever been committed or that will ever be committed has already, on the part of Christ, been forgiven. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, because some of you are thinking, no, that means everybody going to heaven? Nope. It doesn't mean everybody's going to heaven. It doesn't mean everybody can have a relationship. But isn't it, wouldn't it be a sad thing to know somebody has already put you up an inheritance? You didn't work for it? But there was somebody who said, I want to leave all my inheritance to you. You didn't work for it. You can't earn it. It's a gift. But guess what? Nobody told you about it. And you go through life struggling financially. And you got $10 million sitting in a bank with your name on it. But you don't know about it. See, there's an inheritance set up for us, but we only receive this inheritance if we place our faith in him. Forgiveness has already been provided for us with our name on it, but we've got to, by faith, believe that he is the forgiver. See, if he hasn't forgiven us already of our sins, then that means Jesus is not finished doing what he's already needs to do. But friend, he forgave us See, that's out the window. If you're wondering, will God forgive me? God has already. I'm trying to, I'm telling you, this is good news, is it not? God has, will he forgive me? He's already forgiven you. What about this already? What do I have to do? Place your faith in Jesus Christ. The forgiveness already has your name on it. The mercy already has your name on it. The grace already has your name on it. The love and the joy and the purpose already has your name on it. All you got to do is receive it by faith. Receive it by faith. Receive it by By grace. Through faith you are saved. This is not anything you've done, but it's the gift of God. You've been completely saved. You've been completely forgiven. And then the next verse, verse 15. Oh, oh, wait a minute. 14. This even gets better about forgiveness. Watch this. And he erased the certificate. I talked about that last week. The charges. He erased the certificate of debt. Oh, Lord, give me a piece of a paper and a pen. Somebody, real quick. Real quick. It's a, it's a game. Real quick. <laughs> Look at there. Got it. Sorry. You don't win anything, but neither do y'all either. Okay. Oh, Lord. Liar. Let's see. Next, that's my wife. <laughs> what, 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 what? What's going on? Sin. Name it. 
Pick one. No, you pick one. I'm the host. Uh, greed. Cheating. Hmm? Hmm, you robber, you that robber. Addiction. I'll just put addiction. How about that? Anybody else? Ah, oh, no, we ain't supposed to use that one. <laughs> Not. I'm joking. Liar. I already got that one. I'll put it twice. Anybody else? Huh? Adultery. Lust. Now y'all getting open. Now y'all opening up. Unforgiveness. Oh, this is feeling good, ain't it? Get it off your chest. Huh? Jealous little dog. You jealous? Huh? Anger? Oh, bitter. What else? Anything else? Hatred. Racism? Hatred? Yeah, anything that's not a faith is sin. Fear? Murder? Okay, okay. All right, okay. Okay, okay, lust. All right, pornography. Okay, we got it on there. Hey, the game's over now. <laughs> this is our list of charges. You know, the thing about it is this comes from a lot of people, but this is probably could be all of ours, right? And then for those who think you're good and you're great, the Bible says if you broke one command, you broke all of them. I love this. The Bible says he erased. See, all these, if I was to tally up the charges here, you know what would be the summation of all these charges? Your life. The wages of sin is death. If I added all these up, this would equal your life. You must die for these sins. You can't get to God with these sins in your life. So you know what God done? God's a giver. God is a giver. So John 3, 16, God gave a gift to us. His only son. And his son went to a cross, and he did not go to this cross by himself. He took every one of our charges with him. He said, give me your charges. Give me your sin. Give me every one of your sins. Look what it says. And, and its obligations, and its penalties, that was against us and opposed to us. And he took it away by nailing it to his cross. Hey, hear me. You know what happened on the cross? Jesus died. You know what else died? Our sin. Every one of our sins. Taken away. Eradicated. I am completely, totally forgiven. Jesus doesn't even see this. Now hear me. Satan sees this. And all of these charges are, are, are accurate. You did all of these things. You are, were all of these things. But I want to tell you, not only are you completely saved, not only are you completely forgiven, 
But the next verse is going to show us that we are completely victorious. Look what, verse, look what verse 15 says. He, who's he? Get it now, Jesus. This is all about Jesus. Jesus disarmed. Ooh. In my mind, I just seen Jesus like knock a gun out of somebody's. Kapow. I, I, in my mind just then. He disarmed all the rulers. See, Satan's got a gun but he's bluffing you. Satan knows he's lying, but he lies anyway. See, Satan doesn't have any power. You need to understand that. Except the power that you give him. One of the gospels says it like this. All power has been given unto Jesus. Actually, it's Jesus talking and he says, all power has been given unto me. Now, I'm no math whiz, but all means all. And if I take all of your money, you have no money. If I give you six watermelon Jolly Ranchers and I come back and I take all six of your watermelon Jolly Ranchers, how many watermelon Jolly Ranchers do you have? What if I gave you seven and a half ripe Avocados, because they've been on my mind. That's why I went there. I got some avocados that I'm trying to get right. I don't know what's wrong with them. If you know how to make them right, get with me after service. <laughs> and you take, they're a superfood. Did you know that? It's a superfood, by the way. And I go by and take seven and a half of your avocados. How many avocados do you have? If Jesus has all power, how much does Satan have? None. Except the power that we give him. The Bible says he's a roaring lion. He don't bite. He's not tenacious. He's not a flesh-eating lion. He's a noise-making lion. He roars in your ear. And you know what he says? He sounds like you too, by the way. That's part of his deceit. He sounds just like you. And when you hear him, he, he, you think it's you, but it ain't you, it's him. You know what he says? You ain't really saved. If you was really saved, you wouldn't be doing what you just done. You know what he says? You can't do this life. You can't live this life. You ain't like so-and-so. So-and-so, they ain't got any problems like you got. You're a hypocrite. You know what he says to you? You can't be forgiven of that thing. You think God's going to forgive you of what you've done? You know what you've done. You cannot be forgiven. You can't even forgive yourself. How do you think, God, you ruined their lives? See, I sat in a step study with some guys last son, uh, last, this past Monday. And if I die, I die a happy man. If I die today, I die a happy man. I don't want to die today. But if I die today, in that step study, this gentleman with tears welling up in him, he was talking about forgiveness and forgiving. 
others and making amends with people. And he began to bubble up and hold in these tears. And he said, you know, making amends is, is good when you can do it. But sometimes it's too late to make amends with people because they're already gone. And then he looked over at me and he pointed his finger. He said, but that's where this joker right here comes in. He taught me about the forgiveness of God. Oh boy, I'm not talking about, I'm not making my head big, but it made me, that's what I want to hear. Did I take pride in that? You absolutely better believe I did because this is the gospel that I preach, see? I ain't about, it ain't about me. It's, it is about the gospel that I preach, though. I want you to understand this. You are completely forgiven. Every sin. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, there is nothing that Satan can hold against your charge. But see, that's the thing I was getting at. He, he's a... He holds a gun, but his gun has no bullets. He's bluffing you. He's been disarmed. His power, put it back up there, Bill. He's been disarmed. His power has been stripped from him. He's been disgraced publicly. You know when Satan begins to remind you about your sin, remind him about the cross. Remind him about what Jesus done for you because it was on the cross and at the tomb that, the, that Satan, that the ruler of darkness, that the enemy of your soul was disgraced publicly. See, he thought he had Jesus. He thought he'd won the war. He thought he'd killed the Son of God. You know the story. They placed him inside a tomb but on the third day, he publicly, openly disgraced Satan by rising from the dead. His cross is my cross. His tomb is my tomb. His resurrection is my resurrection. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says this, I am crucified. Did, have I said this already? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I who lives, it's Christ Jesus who lives in me. And this life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Hallelujah. His victory is my victory. His resurrection is my resurrection. I am completely saved. I am totally forgiven. And I walk in absolute victory. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right, now listen. I want to take you back to that man who where Jesus spit in his eyes. I've tried to make sense of that all my life. Not about him spitting in his eyes. But about, why didn't Jesus just heal him all the way? 
the first time. Does that raise any questions to anybody else? Like, was Jesus not sure that he had not completely healed him? He's Jesus. He, he's not in the business of saying, come back again and schedule another appointment and we'll get you taken care of all the way. But yet at the same time, it seems like that's what happened here. Jesus laid his hands on him. He spit on him for the fun of it, I think. I'm not sure. Just to cause a lot of questions. I don't know. But then he said, can you see now? How's your sight? Mm, it's okay. Hold on just a second. And he lays his hands on him again. Then he says, okay, well, how about now? Perfect. I can see clearly. See, to think Jesus just does what he does just for the person he's doing it is really limiting God. See, Jesus does what he does, when he does, how he does it, not just to bring blessing to the person he does it for, but to those around him. And for those 2,000 years later, who's going to read this story? So this week, as I was reading and I was thinking, I got it. John chapter 3. See, I've talked about being totally forgiven and totally completely saved and totally and completely victorious, but I hadn't really told you how. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Nicodemus. He was a religious man. He was a Pharisee. He was a ruler of the Jews. He knew the law up and down. If there was anybody that you would think was close to God, it would be Nicodemus. Yet Nicodemus didn't know Jesus. He was looking for the Messiah, but he didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah. The Bible says that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night because he didn't want nobody else knowing that he was going to check out Jesus, find out really who this man was. And he came to him at night and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. See, that's partial sight. Hear me now. He said, we know that you're a teacher. Well, he's a lot more than a teacher. A teacher he was. But see, he's operating... He's operating with partial sight. He said, I know you're a, a healer because nobody could perform these signs you do unless God were with him as partial. And Nicodemus went right to the heart of the issue. Now notice what he said. You know I'm a healer. You know I can heal. You think I'm a teacher. Nicodemus looked at, Jesus looked at Nicodemus and said, but I tell you, you're seeing partially. But until you're, unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of God. See, a lot of us are walking around seeing men as trees. Please listen to me. We have partial sight. We got religion. We know there is a God. 
but we don't serve the living God. We've been born, but we have not been born again. He said, I tell you what, until you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, what must I do to be born again? How can a man enter into his mother's womb a second time? And he said, that's not what I'm talking about, Nick. He said, you must be born again. And it's a spirit birth I'm talking about. Nicodemus said, how do I do this? And he, he tells us, uh, I don't have it here. He tells us in John chapter 3, verse 14, he says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, the Son of Man must be lifted up, talking about going to the cross, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world in this way that he gave his only son and whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes Jesus is not condemned but those who don't believe Jesus are already condemned. How must I be born? How can I be born again? How can I be completely saved? How can I be completely forgiven? How can I walk in total victory? You must be born again. Religion won't cut it. Boy, uh, being a good old boy, I ain't that bad. Well, God's perfect. And good people go to hell every day. Hell is full of good people. Hell's full of educated people. Hell's full of people who's done good in their community, helped a lot of people. Hell is full of good people. You cannot be good enough to go to heaven. Heaven and hell ain't about good and bad. It's about lost and found. It's about being blind and then being or being able to see. It ain't about behavior. It ain't about performance. When you stand before God, friend, God's going to look for Jesus. If you're not robed in Him, clothed in Him, covered by His blood, God cannot have relationship with you. And you know how I know this ain't about doing? Because we read in the Bible where God says, there were some people who stood before him and said, didn't we do this in your name and do this in your name and do this? And Jesus said, depart from me, you are a worker of, worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I'm a good daddy. I raised my kids. That's not enough. I've never cheated on my wife. That's great, but that's not enough. I go to church, that's good, that's not enough. I give tithe and offerings, that's great, but it's not enough. I play up here in the band, great, but it ain't enough. I sing up here on the worship team, good, but it's not enough. I serve in the church, great, but it's not enough. I preach the gospel, good, but it's not enough. There's only one thing. 
Yeah, but they don't deserve it. Yeah, and you don't either. God would save them? Absolutely. Who's them? You mean people like you? Yeah, he'll save anybody. In fact, he says in his word, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A murder? Yep. Child molester? Yep. Thief? Absolutely. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. I want to ask you something today. Do you have religion or do you have relationship? See, it's easy to be tricked by the two. Because you naturally want to do. So if you do, you feel like you're doing a good job. So if I'm going to church, I must be getting good in with God. And that ain't how it works. You see, when the rapture takes place, there will be a lot of churches that keep on going, having church. They won't know the difference. All the leadership will still be in place. We'll just carry on. I'm afraid that Waycross has religion. There's so much more than religion. You know what religion is like? It's like giving a Tylenol to a cancer patient. It's the greatest narcotic on the face of the earth. But there's no healing in religion. The Bible talks about it having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. There's a power, and it only comes in Jesus, from Jesus. I've, I've prayed with people, <laughs> a bunch of people, and I have physically, I like, it happens spiritually, but I physically seen the weight lift off of the shoulders. Yeah. In here with people in here this morning, yeah. you came and it felt, it looked like I could see what was going on internally, externally, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And I've seen people give their lives to Jesus and their everything about them changes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. In the last two weeks, 20 people have given their lives to Jesus Christ here at this church. And I believe that God wants to save some people today. Musicians and singers are going to come. God wants to save some people today. Forget them. Forget them, okay? They're going to come up here. Don't worry about them, what they're doing. I'm going to tell you what they're going to do. They're going to go up that stage. Look at me for a second. God wants to save somebody in here today. This is what it's all about. See, I could preach you a sermon because I know how. I can preach any kind of way you want me to. 
If I can. You know what it's called? Putting on a show. I can shout with the best of them. Holler. I can get you in an emotional frenzy in here. But that is not the gospel. See, I don't want you to leave here today and die and go to hell. Because you're not promised tomorrow. Nobody. Nobody is promised tomorrow. I have buried some of close friends this year. In their 30s. You don't know what's going to happen when you, you don't know the next second, the next minute. Everything has to fire off just right in your body just so that your heart pumps blood and oxygen gets to your brain. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I sure didn't know this pandemic was coming, did you? Neither did all those prophets that you watch on TV. They didn't know either. I know this though, whether Jesus comes back tomorrow or it doesn't come back for 50 years, every one of us in the next, next, almost all of us in the next 50 years are gonna stand before God. Every one of us. And I just got to the point where I ain't trying to be cute no more. I'm not trying to blow you away with good preaching. I want to give you the gospel. And if I could get down here and beg you and it'd make a difference, I'd get on my knees right now and beg you if you don't know Jesus to come to him. But there is one who's already done more than beg. He's given his son. That's something I couldn't do. I could probably lay my life down for some of you, but not many of you. And I sure couldn't give my son up for none of you. None of you. And I love you. But God's love is so amazing, so astounding, so great. that he would give his son. Murray, when I met you, I thought you was the worst thing that could happen to her. I thought, my God, she just got saved. Who's this joker she's bringing up to church? Sorry if that offends you. I just thought about it after I said it. He may want to beat me up after church. But you know what? God began to work in his life. Hmm. Who else? Oh, there's so many people. God has transformed and changed. If I was to ask this morning, who has God delivered 
from addiction and out of addiction. Hands would go up all over this place this morning. If I asked this morning, has God, who has God delivered from lying and cheating? You couldn't be faithful. Hands would go up all over this building this morning. Who can do that? Who? Only one. Jesus. Jesus. He's the only one that can make a difference. He's the only one that can change your life today. And I want to ask you, right now, God has no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another. I want to ask you, are you saved today? Do you have joy? Do you have peace? Do you know Jesus or do you know religion? Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus this morning, I want to introduce you to him. He's just a He's just a prayer away. You just got to believe that what I've talked about today has been provided by Jesus. You've got to believe that it's been provided by Jesus. You got to place your faith in him and your trust in him. And if you do this, you'll be saved. You will be born again. You will be a new person. You will have perfect love and you will have no fear on the day of judgment. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but Jesus came so that you might have life and life more abundant. Stand with me all across the building. If you'll give me two minutes, then you can leave. But I, wanna, I, want, I want to make sure there's nobody, there's a chance that somebody might die today and go to hell from this building. Because I know what it's like. To think that you got time or not to pray with somebody because you think they, hey, that's right. I know what it's like to put off praying with somebody. Thinking maybe I got next week, I'll talk to them later. And later never came because they blew their brains out. Don't think I don't think about that quite often. I can't let you go out of here today. I can't make you have it. I can't force it down your throat. If I could, I would. I can do my best to lay this plan of salvation out for you. He's already done the work. It's just told me to tell a story. And I've told you the story. Today, if you want life, today, if you want the, what I've been talking about, complete, total forgiveness and restoration and hope and forgiveness and salvation and victory, if you want that today, 
come meet me right here at this altar. Just like they already have. God's already been dealing, but I couldn't even give the altar call before they came out. Who else? Who else today? Who else today? Hey, hold on. What will people think about me? I'll tell you what they'll think about you here. They'll think you made the best decision you've ever made in your life. So right now, I don't know what you're waiting on, ma'am. You felt that, that tug in your heart, sir? Something leap inside of you? Something pulling on you today? Dealing with you? That's what you felt, wasn't it? God dealing with you. You feel that today? That's the creator of all of heaven, the universe, the creator of everything. God, the creator of the universe, dealing with your heart and life. Amen. God dealing with you. This is a miracle that's happening. Dead things are coming back to life again. Right now, God is doing something amazing and miraculous. God is here and full of mercy and grace. So sir and ma'am, they're singing this song now. As they begin to sing it softly, I'm down here. They're already, you waiting for somebody to come? They've already came. I'm standing here, I'm here now. Who else will come? Come on, yeah, come on. Ma'am, sir, if there's people standing beside you and you're worried about, I don't know if I can get out, tell them, move out of the way right now. I gotta get to Jesus. 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 Anybody else? This is what I want you to do. The Bible says it's his will that no man should perish. So if you think I'm, I'm just going, you know, waiting and waiting too long, well, it's his will that no man perish. And if I had to wait all day, I'd wait all day until everybody left. But hear me, I want you to, the Bible talks about a man who couldn't get up. He was paralyzed. He knew that Jesus was down the road, but he couldn't get to Jesus. But he had four good friends. And these four good friends dressed this paralyzed man, put him on a stretcher, and took him to Jesus. Dropped him through the roof because there were so many people he couldn't get. So they dropped him through the roof. And you know what Jesus did that day? He didn't get mad. He didn't say, you interrupted my service. He said, your faith has saved you. Not only am I going to heal your body, but I'm gonna heal your soul. So I want you to be a friend to somebody. I want you to look to the left. I don't care if you know them or you don't. Every, all of us level ground at the cross. I want you, it may be your spouse, it may, it may be your daughter or your son. Y'all stay here with me now. Ooh, we basically have a good time. I don't know who it may be, but I want you to look to the left or the right 
And this is what, and this ain't a game, this ain't a joke. This is so serious. I want you to ask him, if you need to go down to the altar, if you need to go to Jesus, I'll go with you. Right now, ask him, ask him, ask him. And if they say yes, if they look at you and they don't say nothing, drag them down here. Get them down here. Come on, ask them. Do you need to go down here? Come on. Sir, ma'am. Do you need to come down? I'll go with you. I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Anybody else? Come on, sir. this morning? Is there anybody else? Don't miss this opportunity. Don't let, hey, you know what will keep you from him? Pride. Men, you got, we're, we're prideful, aren't we? We're fixers. We want to fix things. If you're full of yourself, you'll never make any room for Jesus. You gotta let go of pride. You gotta let go of self. Jesus is dealing with more people than this, I know it. So one more time, if you need to come to Jesus today, the altar is open. fixing to pray. Is that, your, is that your boys? You're fixing to be a daddy like you ain't never been. Woo. Them boys, they deserve a saved you, a brand new you. You touched me today. You know why? Because you reminded me of the woman with an issue of blood. You didn't wait for anybody to say it was okay or time to come. You just came on. We got people down at the altar. We got people standing right here. We got people out in the congregation. We're going to pray to God, okay? You ready? Church, I want all of us to pray this prayer because this is our these are our brothers and sisters now. We're all in the same family now. Are you ready? All your sins to be forgiven and eradicated. Peace and joy forever. Life and life more abundant. Life worth living and hope worth having. You ready for that? Everything erased. 
a brand new future. All the brokenness, all the hurt, all the pain, all the issues of life, all the times you've tried to come make it and you fall short, think, am I, there's just no hope for me? Not in yourself, but in Christ. There's hope, there's joy, there's peace. Oh, let's go, let's pray. Ready? Lord, repeat after me. Here I am. I receive your mercy. I receive your love. I receive your grace. I believe that all my sins are forgiven. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose again for me. And now, I'm going to live my life for you. Thank you, Jesus, for another chance. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving up on me when I gave up on myself. Thank you, Lord, when you went to the cross, I was on your mind. God, I give you praise. I give you glory. And I declare that today, because of what you've done, I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. I'm a brand new person. I got a new life. I got a new name. I am saved. Shout it out. I am We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.